Upload Path podcast is a creative brew of nature magic practices. Each episode will have a different theme linked to the particular season. And on occasion, there will be interviews with like-minded guests. Insights will be shared from witch walks, journeying, nature connections, oracles, and wise woman talk. Come sit in a virtual circle to honour sacred wildness. Hello and welcome to the Antler Path podcast, season two, episode three, Healing Allies, Fragile Spaces. And by spaces, I mean not only the spaces around us, but also within us in the sense of our space or our energy and our fragility, which can often be noticed more in the winter, especially if the weather is harsh and the lower levels of sunlight are leading to feelings of fatigue and perhaps demotivation. So inspiration for this episode flows in from the liminal paths of winter and emerging spring. And I've been sitting with an idea of how when the light is renewed at winter solstice, they can often follow a period of malaise or draining of energy. Shadows can wave their irritable hands towards our focus and we can find ourselves a little fed up. We can find ourselves at odds with the shift between the darkest point and the increasing light. The Celtic Fire Festival of Imbolc arrived this week and I tended to some much-loved traditions, crafting, hearth-based spells and blessings. And this fire festival extends energetically through the first half of February, as by the old calendar, Imbolc is on the 14th of February. So there is still time to weave in the inspiration and magic, which is very much linked to the goddess Breed. And as for our allies, who and what can these be? What is our relationship with them during fragile times? And how can we create mutually healing connections with them? So before I go any further, let us create our sacred space and come into our inner landscapes to invite the healing that is most needed. Close your eyes if it is comfortable to do so, or soften your gaze. Arriving here and now with your heartbeat and your spirit. Feel into your breath. Notice the earth deep and strong beneath you. Sense the sacred space just beyond your immediate surroundings. Invite the shimmering magic of this sacred space. Bring this shimmering magic into your heart, into your head and through to your core. 
aligning your three energy cauldrons. And now in your inner landscape, arriving at the Wildwood Hearth where antlered paths converge and we meet for our sacred time together. Notice the light and the energy and feel into the protective sanctuary of this space, sinking inwards, finding your root here. Breathe this energy in. Just allowing yourself to align with your sacred self. And then noticing the connection to the surface beneath you. And to the journey we are on together in this episode. And indeed, you can open your eyes if you choose or carry on in a meditative place. So this is a slightly different style of episode. I have recorded a few little trodcasts from different local places over three consecutive weeks. There is a short guided meditation after the trodcast as well, which will aim to help you with balancing and tending to your inner hearth. It's a way of tapping into the enlivening, healing and renewing support of Imbolc. But first I explore the potency of stillness, pausing, being, what I consider to be conscious contemplation, something that can be or feel tricky to achieve in a busy week or day. But this time of year, as I said before, energetically really does pull us inwards and there is a natural inclination to feel the need to slow down and notice. We certainly need fallow times to enable rest, healing and change to be processed and integrated. So I'm going to share little seeds of contemplation, both on the land along the wild edges of winter through the trodcasts and also at my hearth here. And as we have restful times to contemplate, we may need support. We may need to invoke energy from a deity or ally, for example. And it's important to note that often we can feel too exhausted to even utter a request, an invocation, a prayer for help. It can feel too overwhelming to even enter that space of hope or attentive optimism. But this simple act asking for help or support enables the pathway or energetic thread for which that help can flow towards us and find us to be activated. Even if you do not know who your allies are, they know you and they will find you. This is the key act of trust inherent in asking the unseen and the seen, I feel. 
So what are relationships with allies and who are our allies? So these relationships are similar in a sense to the relationships we have with humans, with animals, pets. It's a two-way thing, hopefully, where we are guided and supported. And in exchange, we create time and energy to do something meaningful with intention that is a giveaway of sorts. Often it may not feel clear what the task is. We just suddenly have an instinct or nudge to go and offer a healing song to a tree or bless the river or pick up some litter, some act that just we feel compelled to do. And it feels boosted with a different type of energy, like we are being ushered or carried along on a wave of sacred optimism or activism. And these sudden instincts can be our allies requesting our attention to do something. Certainly can be hard to explain in everyday language, but we know it in our hearts. Allies can be deities, ancestors, the fae, nature spirits. In shamanic terms, one can journey into the other world to meet allies. In particular, an animal spirit or plant spirit It can be common to journey into the lower world through the roots of a tree or an animal hole, for instance, to meet with an ally. And this can take a few journeys to reach the point of connection sometimes. And it may be that a number of animals are present, for example, and it's not entirely clear which is the actual ally you've come to connect with. Or it might be that it is easier to find one's allies through other spiritual practices such as walking mindfully through rituals or dreaming or prayers. The point is, there is not one single way to know your allies. Notice what animals show up for you repeatedly, or maybe ask for clarity in prayer or meditation and then see what arises in the following days. You may have just a sense of who your allies are. You may feel drawn to a particular deity that links to your personality or profession, such as a goddess linked with healing if you're a therapist, for example, or one that is kind of opposite your energy. So if you have a tendency to put something off, for example, you could attract a no-nonsense ally like a deity who is associated with challenges and cultivating grit like Baba Yaga or Keridwin. We often can say that the universe will act if we don't. So sometimes our allies are there to to nudge us and give us a little boot (laughs) into action. And this for me is an example of an ally intervening and enabling us to face the thing perhaps we feel we don't want to face. You may find you pick an oracle card that links to a particular energy or lesson, and then you keep finding aspects of that archetype when you're meditating or out in nature or even in your exchanges with people. The ally communicates in different ways depending on how you navigate your particular path. For me, I will often find the meaning and reflective space I need with an ally out on the deer trods as I've often mentioned, and also within my path working and journeying.
It all links up through the energy threads. And I piece together the messages and insights and start to translate the narrative, sacred metaphors into a sense of what I need to do or what feels right. One of my animal allies that I consider to be a totem is magpie. And by totem, I mean it has a particular potent significance to my life, to my path. And I have a name that I use for magpie too, that is sacred. And each magpie I see, I greet with that sacred name, even though they are all different individual birds. I feel them to be one, united in a spiritual hive mind of sorts. But I get excited by each individual one and the feeling that comes over me when I'm greeting and connecting with magpie is very strong and similar to when I see or greet a human friend or relative, for example. So having that cultivated relationship with your allies is a wonderful thing to add meaning and connection and integration to your life. You can feel like you are part of the wider ecosystem. You're part of the spiritual web as well. And it really does help in so many ways. It's good to practice calling on your allies who look on you kindly. To create a dialogue in whatever way feels right. Keeping that connection alive paying attention to your instincts. And also, if you need time to rest or switch off, you can simply tell them that. I often find that when I step back from doing, from daily responsibilities and routine, that is when I can fully listen and attend. But often as well, I might find that I'm communicated to by an ally in the supermarket or in a very ordinary setting. So you never know. So through the following trogcast that I'm about to share with you about how being present in different nature spaces, in these cases for me by water, can help with processing thoughts, feelings, and also foster a sense of contemplation. And by being in that space of contemplation in nature, the messages from the allies can flow through. Now, it may seem a bit like a contradiction to say being out and walking somewhere is contemplative or restful, but I would suggest it is. It can be restorative, connective, and it can enable reflection and the pulling together of scattered energies and insights. I kind of like to see it as an energetic weaving of nature allies. So I hope you enjoy. So I'm by Catterstock Well in Dorset and I was drawn to come here this morning because 
I've been feeling very um, lethargic and tired and achy, just run down, you know. And it just popped into my head this morning that I needed to come here. It's a beautiful spot at the bottom of a slope that leads away from the uh, path to the church, which is just up on the mound. And I often imagine that the church isn't there and there's just this sacred mound and the well, because that's what it feels like to me. Like the the man-made infrastructure here is just a kind of temporary illusion almost and um, the essence of this place is very old and magical and has been a potent spot for many thousands of years I'm sure of it. There's a squirrel running across a wire above me, lots of birds, lots of corvids around, different corvids, um, so there's crows, jackdaws and rooks that I can see in that I've heard walking to the well. I've taken a different route to the well today. The first time ever I've walked a completely different path around the side of the cricket pitch. Didn't even know that path was there. So that's an indicator of something shifting for me. When when you think you know a place and you think you're very familiar with a place and then you realise you're not and you find a different route to a path or see something that you hadn't seen before, it's a sure sign that there's a change afoot, I feel. So I'm just going to get closer to the water now. The water bubbles through a hole in the wall. Um, so I'm sure that the spring is therefore above this wall somewhere. And um, yeah, it just it's flowing out at quite a fast rate. So it's a tricky place to record here today because there's quite a few people walking right by and slamming the gate. So um, I'm going to probably move on to a different spot, but I just wanted to bring the energy of this beautiful well through as a blessing of cleansing and vitality, healing and protection. This well came up in a visualisation for me when I was connecting to energy of psychic protection and so that it's a very special place for me. I don't come here that often, but when I feel the need to come here, I, I tend to just kind of get up and come out and, and bring myself here. So <laughs> I'm stood literally right by the water's edge and enjoying the movement of the water and the light playing on the water surface, the birds... And the energy is just beautiful. So this, the snowdrops haven't emerged yet. Uh, I know in some places around the south of England they have, but they're not, they're not out here yet, which is kind of nice. It's still a sleepy time, isn't it? So, yeah, this is a sacred well of West Dorset and it is a reminder of the sacred well within us that we can be well with our inner wells. <laughs> I love the association between wellness and the well. There's an almost an affirmation in the name well that you will feel well when you go to the well and when you connect to her strength and fluidity and knowing. So now this is a week later at my local river, the River Froome. 
Uh, it's just a stream in our village. And it actually begins its journey as a river in our village as St John's Well. So I'm just stood here in dappled sunlight. It's been freezing cold all week, watching a robin and looking at the shadows of the branches on the ground and the bright sun around the dark lines of the branches, those wonderful ethereal tree shadows that are just so beautiful as they cascade around the little curving mounds of earth and watching the water gently flowing over the rocks, listening to the birds and just sort of contemplating resilience and I've not been very well this week. I've had a bit of a virus. My partner, Tony, who's the editor for this podcast, has had COVID and he's been really poorly. So I've been doing a lot of extra stuff, um, which I'm really feeling tired about now <laughs> after a week of not feeling well as well. Um, and with a frozen shoulder, sometimes it's hard doing extra physical stuff so I was just touching base with the river and with myself and the spirits and noticing what has helped this week um you know what has helped me to cope and basically it's the sun shining um oh my gosh as I'm talking there's a fox running into this area so I'm just going to stop recording I don't want it to hear my voice but it's amazing I just saw it run across the field and into the wooded bit where I'm stood it's it's not that close by but I'm going to stop just in case it comes my way so the fox um, obviously went off in a different direction but that was just beautiful so I was just reflecting um, before I stopped recording there about what helps and I was talking about the the sun the winter sun and the beautiful, sharp, clear, magical light that's been created this week. The dance between the winter sun and the frost and the ice and the cold temperature, making everything feel more 3D, more vital, full of magic. The wind's just picked up, literally, now. <laughs> and I've really been um, noticing how supportive that's been and um, how that's helped my resilience this week when I'm not been feeling well and the point of sharing this is to say that you know it's okay to feel lots of different feelings when you're going through a hard time it's okay to feel frustrated to feel sad to feel tired to feel alone you know those are completely natural and normal emotions and I guess the trick is to be caring towards yourself when you feel all these different things and then notice what you need to notice but um, park the things that perhaps aren't helpful at the back um, you know and then act on something you know even if it's just one of your feelings just act on something to help resolve that feeling for that moment whether it's just a very small ritualistic act like um, lighting a candle or doing an affirmation or a prayer or um, a simple kind of tea ritual 
deep breathing, mantra or chanting, you know, whatever works for you. It's just finding those skills that are right for certain moments. Like when you're really exhausted and you're not well, you don't want to be doing lots of um, self-help things, just a few gentle things that will make a difference in that moment. And that's what resilience practice is all about, really. It's noticing that you have all these skills and tools and what works at one time may not be relevant at another time. And also what works for me may not work for you. Um, I mean, I can suggest things that I've noticed that work generally for people. But, you know, we all know intuitively our inner needs. We all know that. We have incredible wisdom within ourselves. And I think it's mainly doubt and um, perhaps conditioning and experiences from the past maybe that block that wisdom or that intuition at times and um, so I just wanted to give a reminder that we do have wonderful resources within us even if we feel like we're at our wits end or you know we feel a bit kind of depressed or um, we're struggling in, in certain ways you know there's always something that we know that will, will help and even if, like I say, it's something simple, it could be just sort of sharing what's going on with somebody. It could be a case of writing it down, um, really, really sitting with the feelings, letting the feelings come out, um, doing something that's really loving for yourself, you know. So I hope um, that reminder is a good one for you at this time. I'm stood at the edge of the field now and I've been watching um, a buzzard circling and there's also another bird of prey. But because it's so far away, I'm not quite sure what it is. It was hovering a bit like a kestrel, but it was much bigger than a kestrel. It's out of view now. And we have had um, some kites, red kites, nearby just east of us a few miles east of us I'm wondering if it might be one of the the red kites that would be amazing um so yeah there's some definite magical connections going on today down here by the river so sending you blessings from this space on this cold bright waxing moon day so it's another week on and I've come out to a very boggy wet place in the village um or not far from where we are down a wooded pathway which is one of my favorite places in the village but it's so so boggy i've had to actually stop <laughs> and come onto the um cricket pitch and it's nice actually because you can walk along the wild edges where the bramble and the hawthorn and the willow grow and still see and hear lots of different birds. The reason I've come over this way is because I heard a woodpecker hammering on a tree and it was coming from this general direction. So of course, now that I've come over here with the intention of connecting and recording it, it stopped. <laughs> so it was a fleeting moment. But isn't it wonderful how a creature can take you down a different path from the one 
you'd planned to go down. I was going to go up a hill um, to connect with the road deer trods at the top amongst the Scots pine and the oak and the beach. And I decided, actually, I was going to come this way because I heard the woodpecker. And woodpecker, for me, is a very strong bird totem energy. Over the years, I've connected to woodpecker as a as an energy of transformation, as an energy of change. And in recent years, that's developed into other associations and other, and other feelings, I guess. And it's good when you do connect with animals or birds, plants, trees, whatever that may be, that you allow that relationship with them to evolve, the associations, the meanings, that as you grow, so does the meaning and the connection with them grow. So it's not like a fixed, written in stone, um, analytical thing. Because obviously you can look up on many sites online or in books about the meanings of certain animals, totems, plants, trees. And that's a good basis sometimes, if it's, if it's a good resource that you're looking at for gaining a starting point but for me it's about the interrelationship and the whole picture of what's going on particularly if you're out walking not just the fact that oh I've seen an owl or I've seen this so that's what it means it's more how did you feel at that moment in time and what else was going on and what was the energy like and this is how I convey and relate my oracle walks when I go out for an oracle walk and I'm asking for oracular (coughs) guidance that is good for the collective for example and I will really take in all the nuances and the interplay of different things going on and that's really valuable and important as part of the whole picture so for me today the woodpecker hammering (laughs) like drumming um, was like a wake-up wake up and yeah it's time you know there's something different about to happen there's there's a new energy coming through generally in nature but also um you know there's a new cycle a new project or a new connection about to happen and that's what I felt just in that moment of hearing it's like wow yes okay (laughs) It's almost like the doorbell going or someone knocking at the door and that anticipation, that excitement, you know that something, something's going to happen, some connection's going to happen, you're not quite sure what it's going to feel like. I find working with water spirits can allow feelings to flow, to emerge, to surface and be mirrored. Sometimes this can be uncomfortable, but it also feels healthy and a necessary part of self-care. So now I'd like to bring focus to inner contemplation and I feel 
A way for me to support this with you is to offer a short healing connection to delve inwards and find the threads of contemplative healing there. So this is a chance for you to let go and delve within your sacred self. And perhaps if now is not a good time for you to meditate, then do come back and settle in when you can. So just preparing yourself now for this guided meditation. And allowing your eyes to close. Arriving again with your breath and at the sacred wildwood hearth within your landscape. And feel the hearth strength of flames, potency and cleansing. Feel into the essence of fire and fire spirits. Notice the space around the hearth and where it sits. Just taking a few moments to connect to this wild hearth. And bringing your awareness to any burdens or preoccupations that you really want to lay down now, which you're carrying, and they're not really yours to carry, or Perhaps the time is now to let them go. Just feel them tumbling away into the flames. Feel the tightness in you start to unravel and soften. These burdens, the energies of them are transformed in this world with heart. Noticing how the hearth changes as you let go. Exhaling into the flames, feeling yourself merging with its transformative potency and just taking a slow breath, allowing the light from the hearth to spread through you, to shine through your aura, You deserve to shine. You are a full life force being. You are a channel for universal life force energy. And that energy filters through to every cell and aspect of you. Through your past, your present and your future. In this timeless space, you vibrate with this life force energy. You align yourself to cleansing purity. Looking deeper into the hearth, you ask for the spirit of contemplation to be with you.
and gently, slowly, find yourself standing or sitting back from you as you occupy the observer position and just notice yourself detached from a distance, smoothing over the edges of your being, just noticing what you pick up from you as you observe your essence, your body, your mind, just noticing. And then you merge back into your whole self. You are a vessel for sacred contemplation. You are the wise teacher you seek. You are the higher wisdom you call on. Now you notice a gentle shimmering path leading from the hearth. Part earth and part water. You follow its trickling essence until you reach a small bubbling pool. A spring that delights the earth from deep down in the lower world. This water brings messages of the ancestors messages of healing and renewal. And around this pool are hawthorn trees, rowan and hazel. There is a tingling energy in the air. You drink of this water and you cleanse your brow. Just asking for the right inspiration to flow. And in return, you offer a blessing or a song. Just notice what arises within you as you give your offering. There is a music here. And you merge with this sacred song and notice the melody flow. Giving thanks, you now return through the path and back to the hearth. How does it feel and look now? Taking a slow, deep breath, bringing back the essence of the hearth, contemplation, renewal, the sacred spring and the music of the water. Just taking a few moments to notice the surface beneath you and to arrive back in your space.
And as you linger in this meditative space, I would just like to share a short blessing from the wonderful, beautiful, beloved Irish poet and spiritual voice that was John O'Donoghue. And it's basically an excerpt or passage from his book, Eternal Echoes, Exploring Our Hunger to Belong. So that's Eternal Echoes, Exploring Our Hunger to Belong. Give yourself time to make a prayer that will become the prayer of your soul. Listen to the voices of longing in your soul. Listen to your hungers. Give attention to the unexpected that lives around the rim of your life. Listen to your memory and to the inrush of your future. To the voices of those near you and those you have lost. Out of all of that attention to your soul, make a prayer that is big enough for your wild soul, yet tender enough for your shy and awkward vulnerability that has enough healing to gain the ointment of divine forgiveness for your wounds, enough truth and vigour to challenge your blindness and complacency, enough graciousness and vision to mirror your immortal beauty. Write a prayer that is worthy of the destiny to which you have been called. So thank you to John O'Donoghue for those words. And that is it for this episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast as always. And please do share with others if you can. And also, if you enjoy these episodes along the wild edges of life, please do visit my Ko-fi page where you can make a much blessed donation to help support the project. Follow me on my social media pages for updates on the podcast and take good care of your precious souls. And remember to call on your allies and ask for what you need to help you contemplate and restore. And be ready to share your skills with your allies. Follow your antlered wisdom with this. Blessed be.